Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Well, hey, I am I'm super excited for this morning. Uh, have you guys ever seen? Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you are a kid, you can stand to your feet. You can head on back to K5. Let's go. Good job, Derek. Um, oh, let's go. Now it's an even better morning. So, have, have you guys ever seen the movie Elf? Yeah? Elf is a great movie. You guys remember the scene where he he wakes up in the morning and he, like, built this whole rocking chair and he's like, I got a full 40 minutes of sleep. You guys know that part? Yeah? Yes. We have one person who knows. That's kind of how I'm feeling this morning. Uh, I got I got a full 90 minutes of sleep last night. I am fired up. I was at Lake Geneva uh, at a weekend retreat for pastor's kids, and I drew the short straw, and I was night watch. So I was chasing kids down until about 4 a.m. last night, then had to drive from Alexandria this morning. So I am fired up and ready to rip this message. So if you guys are ready, come on. Let's say, come on. There we go. Yes. Let's, let's keep the energy up. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we jump into the message, um, like Derek said, my name is Riley. I'm the youth pastor here. And we kicked off this past week, and it was an absolute blast. If you are a student in the room, uh, hopefully you had a ton of fun. I can almost guarantee no one had as much fun as me, though. Uh, I had an absolute blast, and I just, we just want to show you a little bit of what it looks like on a Wednesday night in this room. We did a neon party. It was sick. We had 53 students here, uh, which was amazing. I take about half the chairs out on a Wednesday night, so almost every single seat was full on Wednesday, and it was, it was super, super fun. And if you can imagine 53 students in one room outside of school. There's a, a little bit of energy, right? There's a, a little bit. And I just want to show you a little clip during one of the games we played on Wednesday. Oh, there it is. Jameson's a legend. He's back in K5 right now. We, we did a tug-of-war game up front here, and the video does not do it justice. This place was absolutely rocking. And when the service is done, I would encourage you, come up to the front real quick. Because if you, let's see if, if you can hear. Nope, can't hear. It's not sticky anymore. The, the floor up here, it's, uh, it's a little sticky. And it's kind of my fault. Uh... Who knew tonic water was sticky? Because uh, I didn't. We, we played a game uh, called Head, Shoulders, Bottle, where you try to just play the video. I don't even want to try to explain it. There it is. 
and Lily got out in the first round. You'll get it next time. But it's this game where you, you try to grab the water bottle when I say bottle. And we filled the water bottles with tonic water because it glows in black light. And because of that, uh, I didn't know that. Uh, floor is a little sticky up here. Um, so we're going to clean that this week, or at least try to. Um, but we'll see. But youth is awesome. And I, I'm super, super excited for what, what God's going to do this year. I, I, I'm super thankful for what God did last year. Uh, but I know that the best is yet to come. And, man, even as I, I look around and see students in this room, just how much they've grown in one year, it's, it's super, super encouraging and, and super exciting for me to see. And I, I'm believing that this year is going to be amazing. And what, what I would ask you guys as a church is, is partner with me and pray every Wednesday, whether it's when you wake up, whether it's at 6.30 when we start, say a quick prayer for our students. Because um, God, God's up to something in this community, and I'm, I'm super excited um, to just be a part of it. So enough about youth. Uh, we, we're going to jump in to the message this morning. And before we do that, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm, I'm a huge, huge Vikings fan. Anyone else just a, a diehard Vikings fan in the room? Yeah, one, two, three. We have like three amazing fans. Derek is a fair weather fan, just ripping on us for being 0-2 at this point. And I, I have always too much hope in the Vikings. And that's okay. And this is, is, is how I've always been. When I was a kid, my, my dad is a diehard Vikings fan, so he, he trained me to be a Vikings fan. And I'm so thankful for it. And when I was a kid, believe it or not, I had a very bad anger issue. I had a super bad temper because I was super, super competitive. I just absolutely hated losing, and I am the second brother in the family. So my older brother would just beat me and everything, and I would get insanely upset. And it was, it was awful, and I was super competitive. And put those two things together, being a Vikings fan and hating losing, uh, there are a few times where I would be a little upset. And one of those times was in 2009, NFC Championship, Vikings, Saints. Some of you, if you're a Vikings fan, you know where I'm going. Right, the Vikings ended up losing in the NFC Championship, and, and the Saints had some bounties on our quarterback, and, and the Vikings turned the ball over a few times. And I was, I was so upset. I was so angry because I, I loved the Vikings so much. I had, a, I had a temper. All right, so my parents, they're like, oh, man, I don't know. don't know what's going to happen if he goes to school tomorrow and someone says something about the Vikings. So my parents the next day had me stay home from school because they were afraid that if someone said something, I'd fight them. And honestly, I probably would have. I, I was that upset. And my dad, he, he has this great idea. He's like, we're going to bring Riley and my older brother, Jake, we're going to bring these two. Uh, to an indoor driving range in St. Cloud, and we're going to hit some golf balls. And my dad is like, just pretend every golf ball is a Saints player. And my dad's a pastor, so it's okay for him to say that. And so I'm, I'm like trying to hit these golf balls. And it was like the first time I'd ever swung a, go swung a golf club. And it was awful. I was like missing the ball. I was like duffing them, 
left and right. Like it was, it was horrible. So one, I'm super upset about the Vikings and I'm super frustrated about golfing. It was a horrible combination, but I loved the Vikings so much that year because I had so much belief that they could win the Super Bowl. And every year, right, I start the season, I'm like, this could be the year. This could be the year. Now we're 0-2. I'm like, this still could be the year. But my, my belief in the Vikings, it fluctuates. Right? If we were 2-0 and right now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this could be the year. This really could. But since we're 0-2, it's like, ah, we could still sneak into the playoffs. Right? My belief goes up and down. And this is true with all beliefs, right? Because beliefs at the end of the day, are, it's, it's what you think. It's how you feel, right? Beliefs fluctuate. So beliefs change, but truth doesn't. Beliefs change, but truth doesn't. And the truth is, we believe in a resurrected Christ who is alive and active. We believe in, in Jesus who defeated the grave, who defeated sin so we could have a relationship with him. And we're, we're in a series right now titled B because we, we're kind of casting some vision and, and, and going through some new values here at the bridge. And, and these values are, if you were here last week, Derek preached a message titled Belong. This week it's Believe. Next week's Become. Belong, Believe, become because how many know you you belong before you believe right we we want people to feel welcomed as soon as they walk through these doors before they would even believe in jesus we want them to belong and then we believe in a, a god who sent his son because he loves us so much to die and three days later raised from the dead so we could have a relationship with him and then we become like Jesus. We become a true believer. We deny ourselves. Belong, believe, become. And this morning, I get to, I get to speak about belief. And I, I'm going to talk about this in, in kind of two different ways. The first one is, is believing in God. And the second one is our faith. And with both of these things, I, I, love, I love the fact that God is alive and active, and that means that our faith should be alive and active. So if you have your Bibles, come on, let's try that again. Right when I say if you have your Bibles, you say and you should. Ready? If you have your Bibles, we're going to read it from Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Yeah. Come on. Hey, why are we cheering? Come on, we get excited about God's word. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 will be on the screen behind me. It says this, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. God, I pray for the next few minutes. God, I just pray you speak to each one of us. God, give us something to hold on to. God, as we talk about believing in you. God, just begin transforming our hearts this morning. In your name, amen. Amen. 
So like I said, I'm, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about God and our faith and how they're both alive and active. So the first thing this morning is God is alive. God is alive. Right, we serve a God that is alive. I'm guessing a lot of you in this room, you've had a moment in your life where, where you have realized God's alive. Right, God steps into a situation, an impossible situation, and he comes through for you. Right, one of those moments for me was after my freshman year of college. I was, I was at Lake Geneva, same place I was up chasing kids until 4 a.m. last night. I was at Lake Geneva, and I was counseling some high school guys. And the group I was counseling, it was my younger brother and all of his friends. So I, I'd grown up kind of watching them, and it was fun to be on this side of, of that relationship where now I get to, like, pray with them every night and, and try to mentor them and disciple them for a week. And like I said at the beginning, I'm super competitive. And at camp, we do some competitive games. And my mindset is just run through anyone, right? Like, we're going to win at all costs. Because hey, if, you, if you truck someone, if you hurt someone, you can pray for them that night at the altar, and it's all good. And it, that, that was, it is how it works. That was our mindset, and that's what we were doing all week. Thursday rolls around, and we're, we're playing our last big game with hundreds of students. And one of, my, one of my guys I was counseling, his name was John. John was a big dude, a big big 10th grader. And they built this, like, slip and slide obstacle course. That was super fun. And John's going through this obstacle course, and he's a big athletic dude. And he's, he's like, in front. He's leading the race. And he goes down. He slips. He gets trampled. I was like, oh, boy, that's not good. And he stays down. He's holding his knee. I'm like, oh, boy, this is not good. Because if you've been at camp before and you're a counselor like Derek has, people get injured all the time. And you always go and you, you check and you're like, oh, yeah, not one of my students. I don't care. And you go back to your, your thing, right? But this time I went up and I was like, oh, that is one of my students. Crap, this is not good. And I go up to him, and and I find out his knee is dislocated. They had to shut the whole game down. They brought him to the ER. And the whole rest of the afternoon, my brother, all of his friends are like, hey, have you heard anything about John? Is John okay? What's going on with John? And I wasn't hearing anything. And it, it, it was a few hours had passed, and it was time to go. Uh, to pre-service prayer. And I'm like, hey, guys, just get ready for prayer. We, I'm sure we'll see John at some point. Uh, I'm tracking down a few of my students, and I walk into prayer a few minutes late. And I walk into uh, a scene, I walk into something happening that, that wrecked me. And Asher, you can throw that picture up. And I walked into this. That's on in the middle with his dislocated knee, and these are all my brother and his friends and all the guys that that week we'd been we'd been teaching and and trying to to get them to realize that man if you need something go to God right God is a God who who can heal he can change your life and these these ninth grade students were like okay God can heal John God can heal him so we're gonna pray for him and I walk into this scene I'm like this is awesome God's gonna heal John we pray. Nothing happens. Later that night, 
the service is done and and some of my guys are in the altar and they're like, hey, let's pray for John again. Right? Maybe God's gonna heal him now. Right? Isn't that like the coolest faith? Right? How many times do we give up after one one prayer? Right? A lot of times we need to pray two, we need to pray three, we need to pray for years to see God fix a situation. And my guys, they start praying for John again. And after a while, John stands up, just starts walking around. God healed his knee. And it was amazing, right? Because of the faith of of 14-year-old boys, God healed John. And it was one of those moments that, that I can never forget. And I think a lot of us in this room, you might have a moment like that where where. God came through in such a way that you know God is alive. And I want to ask you this morning, when was the last time you had the faith to let God show up in a way that proves he's alive? So I think a lot of times we go through tough situations. We, we walk through these, these events and, and we hold on to it tightly. And we're like, man, if I can just, if I can just do this, if I can fix this situation, it's going to be better. But I think a lot of us, we need to just release it and say, God, it's all yours. Because when we do that, man, God can do so much more than we ever can. Maybe God's going to show up in your situation. One of the craziest phrases that, that we can read in the Bible is, what Jesus says a few times throughout the Gospels, he says, your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. Right? And this is crazy. There's a story of, of a, a woman who is suffering from, from bleeding. And she's, she makes a decision, if I can just get to Jesus and touch his cloak, I'll be saved. And she fights through this crowd and just touches the edge of his cloak. And, and Jesus turns, looks at her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. Do you have that kind of faith? Because we serve a God that's alive. We serve a God that, that wants to heal, that wants to save you, but sometimes you just need to take that first step. God is active. Right? First, God's alive. God is active. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. These are Jesus' words. Right After he's, he's led his disciples for years and they've seen him perform all these miracles, he says, it's better that I go away because I'm sending something better. And that helper that Jesus is talking about is the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times in church we might hear about the Holy Spirit or hear about the Holy Ghost. And we're like, that's weird. That's a spirit? No, I don't want that. But when, when you do what Romans 10, 9 says, and, and you, you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. right? That's, that's God's presence going with you. The Holy Spirit is is what gives you peace, what gives you boldness, what, what gives you help, comfort, what gives you the words to say. And the Holy Spirit is active. 
And we need to be a church that's willing to let the Holy Spirit use us. We also need to be a church that lets the Holy Spirit work inside of us. Because I think there's no better proof to, to show that God is active than just looking around this room and seeing the lives that have been transformed by God. Right? I love the fact that, that we're starting a, a recovery ministry. Like That's amazing. Transformation because of God's grace. Transformation because of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. As I look across this room and, and see students whose lives have been completely transformed over the last year, to me, and that's all the proof I ever need, that God is active. Right? God is alive. God is active. That means that your faith should be alive too. Your faith should be alive. What, what does faith that is living look like? Luke chapter 18 verses 9 through 14 says, To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Right? These two people are opposite ends of the spectrum. A Pharisee was someone who was supposed to be this religious leader, someone who was supposed to know a lot about the, the Bible. And then on the other end was a tax collector. The tax collector was known as basically just a thief. He would steal money from people, right? So it's opposite ends of the spectrum. There's this supposedly religious person and this thief. And it says in verse 11, the, Pharisees, or the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at that distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Right, this is what faith that's alive looks like. Right, the Pharisee thinks faith is about, about position. He thinks because he's this religious leader, he's this person people are supposed to look up to, he thinks his faith is alive. But really, a faith that's alive is about posture. Right, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if this is your first Sunday here. Right? A faith that's living is about the posture of your heart. It's about doing what the tax collector said and, and saying, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I know I'm not perfect, but I want a relationship with you. Right? That's faith that's alive. Right? It's humble. It's passionate. It's not self-centered. And a faith that's alive for you is a life that's dying to you. This is something God's been challenging me with all summer, is to die to myself, to deny myself. And I think I've even mentioned this in, in sermons before. But denying ourselves, man, that's what makes us come alive in Christ. And even this week in a staff meeting, we, we had a discussion just about what, what does this look like? What does denying yourself, what does dying to yourself look like? Because the tax collector, I'm guessing he didn't want everyone to watch him. He didn't want all the attention on himself. 
when he was crying out to God. But he's willing to die to himself because he wants to come alive. Are you willing to die to yourself so you can come alive in Christ? Because our, our human nature is sinful. Our, our fleshly desires are sinful. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself, Jesus, Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Right, Jesus died on a cross so that we could die to ourselves. I know this concept is crazy, but, but what, what does it look like? What, what does denying yourself look like? Right, it starts with, with little decisions every single day. Right, it's, it's waking up 10 minutes early so you can spend some time in the Word. Maybe it's staying up 10 minutes later if you're a night person. Spend time in the Word. Maybe it's not scrolling Facebook as long. Maybe it's just a little decision that you need to make. And when you do this day after day, when you make these decisions every single day, right, you begin to come alive in Christ. You begin to, to have a desire to spend time with God that, that you can't shake. Because Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste and see that God is good, I can't come back. Your faith should be alive. Lastly, your faith should be active. True belief is followed by action. True belief in Jesus is followed by action. Romans 10.10 says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Right? It starts in our heart and is followed by our mouth. Belief followed by action. So what, what does active faith mean? What, what might it look like? I would ask you these questions. What are you doing with your belief? And secondly, can people tell that you're a believer? Can people see that you're a believer? Derek, can you come up to the front? And Audrey, come up to the front. Yes, I'm pulling the tire out. We're going to play. No. You guys, you know each other fairly well, right? Yeah? Derek, do you know who Audrey's favorite baseball team is? Okay, Audrey doesn't know that. We'll try again. Derek, do you know who Audrey's favorite football do you have a favorite football team? Do you know who Audrey's favorite football team is? Oh, it's the Vikings. Right, Audrey, let, let me ask you this. Do you know who Derek's favorite water polo team is? No, you don't? Yeah. Derek, what's your favorite water polo team? USA. Come on. Wait, you guys can grab a seat. Right? There's, there's no way they can tell who their favorite team might be. Colton, come up here. Colton, on the other hand, rocking the sick jersey, right? So if, if I were to ask you guys, what what's Colton's favorite basketball team? 
Probably Minnesota, right? Yeah, it's a sweet jersey. Right, his his favorite basketball team is something you can see. Right, because he's wearing it. Can you grab a seat? And I would ask you this question. Are you wearing your faith like a jersey? Are you living your life in such a way that people can tell that you're trusting Jesus? Because if, if you're if you're denying yourself, if your faith is alive, people should be able to see that. Because true belief is followed by action. Right? How, how you interact with your spouse, how you deal with situations with your kids, how, how you approach work, how you treat other people, all of that is ways that reflect God's work in your life. And your faith should be active. It should be something that, that people can see. And at the end of the day, I can't do anything for your faith. Or I could preach the best message in the entire world, which maybe today is, I don't know. No, but I can't do anything for your faith. Only you can. And you need to grab your faith and and do whatever it is to make it active. Right? Whether that's doing something here at church, whether it's jumping into a connect group or or jumping on a team so you can serve, whether it's coming to prayer tomorrow morning at 7. Maybe it's you just go to work tomorrow and you're like, hey, I'm not going to hate my job today. Maybe you need to start treating a spouse. You need to start treating a, a coworker better. Whatever it is, you need to grab hold of your faith. Because true belief is followed by action. I, I feel like I feel like I, I missed I missed a moment at the end of worship. You guys ever been in a situation where where you feel like like God speaks to you, tells you to do something, but you don't? feel like I just did that at the end of worship. So I'm, I'm going to come back to it. Right, the, the song, there, there was a line in that song that says, my shame was great. You're, no, my shame was wide. <laughs> I don't know. It was, yes, it was, my shame is wide. Your arms are wider. No? Come on, you got, you, something, the second part of it is, your arms were wider, right? First thing was shame. Arms were wider. That's all I know. I don't know something like that. I don't know. Who knows? But there we go. My shame was wide. Your arms were wider. Thanks, Asher. I feel like there's there's someone in this room, maybe two or three people who you've just been walking in shame for so long. You've been walking for so long and, and it's caused everything to seem dark. 
God's calling you to come back to him because his arms are wide. His arms are wider than anything you're walking through. It's wider than your shame, wider than your mistakes. I could just have everyone bow their heads, close their eyes quick. I I just want you to think about that. Is, Is that you this morning? Because if that's you, all you have to do is turn and run to God. And I feel like I'd be missing an opportunity this morning as I've talked about believing, as I've talked about God being alive and active and, and our faith in turn should be alive and active. I feel like I'd miss an opportunity if I didn't ask this question. Is there anyone in this room who says, you know, I, I don't have a faith that's alive and active. And I want to start following a God that is. Is there anyone in this room that wants to say this morning, that's me. I need to make my faith alive and active. Yeah. Yeah, God, you saw the hands that went up in this room. And I pray this morning, God, that as we walk out these doors, God, I I just pray that each one of us make that decision. God, the daily decision to follow you the daily decision to make our faith alive and active. Because God, when when we do that, you come through in some amazing ways. God, I just pray for this church as we continue to step into our future, as we continue to step into these, these values. God, I pray that you continue to guide us, direct us, go before us. In your name, amen. Amen. I'll close with this. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. Again, says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. We serve a God that's alive and active. And I don't know about you, but that fires me up. And I want my faith to be alive and active. So as we go this morning, belong, believe, become. Guys, we love you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Hope to see you back next week as we talk about become. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.